Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. We played Scali Lagi by Alif, and the last song you heard was Purple Kisses Zombie because. Throughout the week, I'm sure a lot of us are tired of hearing about the increasing COVID cases and working from home and not seeing friends and family, so we're feeling a bit dead. But that's why we're here at Asian Pop Nation to celebrate the good Asian pop music that has been coming out, as well as some news from all around Asia, including the news about Park So Jun, who is going to be in a Marvel movie, which will be coming out soon. We're also going to be chatting a little bit about some people dressing up as Pochong. In Malaysia to get their COVID 19 jabs. And of course, plenty more from myself, Senya, Aaron, Celeste, John Paul, and Leisha. So be sure to tune in for our discussions and to celebrate with us. We're going to start with Tai Chi Mukai's Celebrate. So keep here on APN. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played Tai Chi Mukai's Celebrate. After that, we played Anderson Park's Fire in the Sky from the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings soundtrack. Really hope we get to see it in cinemas here in Australia soon. And if we do, well, be sure to tune into Asian Pop Nation because we'll be talking all about that in the near future. And then the last song you heard was Huang Yuan Wen Ni's Hold On, Don't Let Go. Because one particular Singaporean restaurant franchise has recently lost a very prized star. And we're going to see whether or not it's something that they should let go or should fight back. If you're interested in the culinary world, better tune into this one. Now, doesn't anyone, doesn't everyone dream about eating at a Michelin star restaurant? What does everyone set on、yeah. their to do list? Is it on their bucket list? I like、If、good food. If it's cheap. <laughs> well, Ooh, lucky for you, or, or I guess maybe not very lucky considering that Hoka Chan, which is famous for pretty much serving the world's cheapest Michelin star meal, has lost their Michelin star. Whoa. Yeah. So this is the first time since 2016. So, they've had the star for about five years, but now their soy sauce chicken rice is no longer Michelin star worthy. Oh, no. What happened?、Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Because according to like, the Michelin guide, they judge restaurants based on the quality of their ingredients, the mastery of flavor, their cooking techniques, the chef's personality, their cuisine, and then you know,、like、value for money, which I find kind of strange considering when you think of Michelin star, you kind of think not value for your money. And just like consistency overall. So, all the things you kind of want with good food and good restaurant dining experience.、Um, but actually, a lot of people online were saying that Hogoshan wasn't. Really deserving of a Michelin star anyway, because、oh. it was just sort of like, basic chicken. Oh, like, like mediocre. Right. So they were like on the border. Yeah. They were just like, well, you know, there's other places or even just like home cooked meals that taste better than this Hawker Chan. But then other people were like, you know what? A Michelin star, you don't need a Michelin star in order to be good. Right. So, yeah. Right. What, what does everyone、mm. think? Like,、um, I don't think anyone here has tried Hawker Chan, but like. At least、think? not the one in Singapore. Yeah. <laughs>、oh. But even the one that you tried here in Melbourne, Celeste. Did you think it was like, whoa, this is the best chicken rice I've ever tasted? I remember when it one, like, originally opened up, there w a s massive lines, and now it's always empty. <laughs> and it's like sometimes when I'm like, in the mood for it, I'll go because it's quick service. But it's pretty, no offense to Hoggy Chan, it's average food. Like, I've had better chicken rice elsewhere in Singapore, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I think it's just like, there was just. 
the hype around it and because it was always advertised online where people do the travel shows and they're like, oh, you're going to line up for this. You have to try this sort of thing. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But are there any places that you're like, okay, so if Hawker-chan doesn't get a Michelin star anymore, then this place should definitely have their Michelin star. Any foodie experiences that you're like, whoa, this is out of this world. Hmm. I think my local Chinese place. Because <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't like food that's too refined. You know what mm. I mean? That's like yeah. hoi- hoity-toity, mm. whoa, super rich. <laughs> I like poor food. You know what is I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, corner store, like Chinese food, you know, go in there, get a box of noodles. Easy. Those those kinds of foods, I have the fondest memories. But Michelin stars, I like no, I I'm too poor. <laughs> I have no money. Has anyone even tried like a Michelin star like restaurant to begin with? Yeah. Like a they single don't, one? I don't think they exist. I think <laughs> I mean, like genuinely, I'm like, I'm like, damn, I've been I've eaten for like what 21 years of my life i've never come across a single michelin star yeah restaurant. no same here they're, they're like fiction to me at this rate <laughs> i wonder if that's one in australia maybe we should try one yeah. Yeah. oh yeah there is Talker a few <laughs> i mean aside from that one there are a few yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they give up now. I can't read the names off. Are they like in the high class territory type of thing? No, surprisingly, oh. there is a Cantonese one. It's Ooh. also a franchise that Ooh. also has a Michelin star. Um, but like, it's also made in that same bird. It's like, eh. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Personally, I kind of want Jolly Bee to have a Michelin star. I think. Oh, <laughs> I'd enjoy. I mean, it's all hail the chicken joy. (laughs) Yeah, but I agree. Cheap food's best. I think it's because it's cheap, but it tastes good. Because when you're eating expensive food, you're like, oh, my bank account after this, having to pay the check. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, expensive food just doesn't taste as good after because you've got that like guilt. I eat at a lot of dodgy places. Sorry. I would love for them to get like yeah sometimes. (laughs) I would love for them to get a Michelin star, but at the same time, like I go to these places because it's like sometimes you get really good and sometimes it's like "Eh, eh." (laughs) but like you keep going just for like because it's good. There's a hope that you'll find something good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's like an op shop, right? Like there's a thrill in going in to see like oh will this be good or not? Yeah, so it is. I always have this. I don't know, thought in my head, it's like, oh, if like my favorite restaurant ever got like a Michelin star or anything, I would like, I'll be happy for the owner and stuff, but I'll just feel so sad because it will not become my own niche little favorite place anymore. Yeah. You're a hipster. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly the whole world is into it. And then they go to a franchise and it's suddenly the recipe changes and then the whole world explodes <laughs> and the world ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm like, you know, maybe maybe they will just stay my little niche you know, restaurant thing. But if I could give a Michelin starter place, hmm, it'd be my mom's cooking. Oh, <laughs> oh <geezy. laughs> Any dish you would recommend that your mom makes like really well? <gasps> oh my God. On the top of my head, she makes like such a good chicken curry. <laughs> oh, wow. We'll put it on the list. 
I'll try some chicken curry. Yeah, I'd be up for it. Is it spicy? Like how spicy is it? For me, it's like not spicy at all. But there was that one time where my mom made it for like my schoolmates that they were all like, I'm so sorry, like white Australian kids <laughs> who got really traumatized from that day. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's an experience. I, don't, I can't really handle spice very well, but I'll give it a shot. And we'll see. I'm not sure, JP Celeste, how do you feel about Spice is good. Spice is good. Yeah, yeah. spice is good. <laughs> Build up that tolerance. You say, yeah, Zanya, go. <laughs> I should really try that challenge. You know, it was, it's on YouTube. It's that channel that eats different spicy chicken wings. And oh, it gets harder oh, and harder. Hot yeah. ones. <laughs> ones. That's a good one. I'll try that someday. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to build up, like any skill, right? It is a skill. <laughs> I just got to, like, burn off my taste buds and then eventually <laughs> I, know, I really feel like you're jumping the deep end with that. the chicken curry so that's why i think okay <laughs> that's all right i'll prepare anyway but start small yeah exactly i'll just start i don't know how do you even start small like like the miles from nando's or something yeah to like the samyang noodles the korean ones and then just oh. Oh. or you go to a country that only eats spicy food and you just stay there for five weeks <laughs> like, that's all you eat <laughs> no choice not a bad shout yeah but if anyone listening is interested or has any tips for how to tolerate spicy food or has a restaurant or franchise that you think deserves a Michelin star, let us know on Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yo, 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 this is Asian Pop Nation. We played Gao Xuan's OSN's Gone to Me. After that, we played AMPN's Jakarta and one of my favorites from tonight's playlist, Monster X's One Day, because one day I would love to be paid to sleep, but maybe that day has already come. Of course, the team is here to talk a little bit more about that. So... A Singaporean company has been looking for candidates to sleep on the job. Guess what? They're going to pay you $1,500 each. So all successful applicants, all they need to do, they need to sleep on the company's mattress. They literally, they just send it to you. Sleep on it for eight hours a day. This goes for about 100 days. You sleep on these mattresses for 100 days. At the same time, you're required to use a sleep tracker app as well. Just uh, I imagine you just write about your sleeping experience, right? Not that you'd be conscious to know it, but like that's how it is. And at the end of the project, they basically take your findings and they use them to refine their mattresses. But seriously, $1,500 just to sleep what happens if their mattresses aren't that good and then do you just lie i guess you're forced <laughs> into it maybe it's like a contract you have to sleep on those mattresses i mean uh, there's nothing that says you can't say that it's bad that's true i mean w- would you guys take up this job it's like yeah. it's 100 days if they ship months. that mattress to australia i'd say <laughs> 100 days yeah, definitely. just for 1500 it's like you do the bare minimum all you have to do is sleep use an app yeah right? that's it <laughs> post on social media not much yeah, that's it. Can you imagine doing this for the rest of your life? It's like a full-time no. job. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh but it could be like your side job, you know? You yeah. could just like sleep and then start. Well, yeah, exactly. for these mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, surely they like re- get them back and then replace it with a new mattress. Hmm. Yeah, but like yeah. when they receive old mattresses, you can't really resell that because it's been yeah. used. Like if a mattress breaks, like 
you How straight do you break up a mattress no i mean like over time right the springs yeah. go mm-hmm. loose and then the cushioning gets weird it's like you can't really fix a mattress mm. yeah they, they kind of just get thrown away you can't recycle them mm. into new mattresses can you i'm not sure investors <laughs> oh, i think no. you can though like you can break it down have it clean and then is this the first time something like this has like really happened i mean i haven't heard of it i'm sure they pay people to sleep on australian bed products yeah like a product review sort of thing but this is fifteen hundred dollars so yeah that's but it's like a hundred days so you only get what fifteen dollars a night it's it's like the bare minimum you know yeah Mm -hmm. it's a minimum working wage so as long as you pay that it's it's legal (laughs) fine it's legal right at Monash, they get a lot of those. I'm not sure if it's the same at RMIT and other unis. These advertisements on the back of bathroom doors about oh, psychology yeah. studies. Oh, oh my God. Like, if you're no. eligible. So I, I tried setting up for one. Wow. That's <laughs> and so sketchy. I mean, they said I'm eligible, but the next time they're doing it is in November. I said I'm only free to sleep in their sleeping lab in November. So I'm wondering what you do in a sleeping lab for that long be so uncomfortable. I can't sleep in new places. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Like, uh, after the first night, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, cool. But, like, the first night, I'm just like, I can't sleep. <laughs> Interesting. As a former psych kid, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely one of those people that, like, with my group were like, okay, graphic print. Now to put them in all the... <laughs> oh, <laughs> you my were one God. of them, Alicia. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was only six weeks for, like... Barely a year, so I, I got out fast. You were tired of sticking posters in bathroom walls, so you switched to business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta say that sounds kind of sketch, though. Like you're going to a bathroom. It's like we'll pay you to sleep in our specially designed <laughs> sleeping rooms. That's oh. hella. <laughs> oh, in the name of science. Okay. How do they even get candidates? That's crazy. That's just by that, yeah. <laughs> Just people who are like, I need the money. And wow. how much did they say they pay you, Xenia? Oh, I can't it? remember. I can't remember. But Wasn't definitely not amount? as much as fifteen hundred. Right. <laughs> and it's compensation as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. So it depends on how much you spend trying to get there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's it. You actually get like paid. Mine was more like when we used to do it, it was more like the reward was just be vouchers to like the local like canteen or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's still pretty good. I'll take that. Okay. Well, listeners, if you also want to sleep on beds for $1,500, make sure to contact your nearest investor. (laughs) We need those things right now, and I want money. Uh, (laughs) But if you do have any of that information, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Asian Pop Nation. My dream job. Yeah. You're tuning in to Asian Pop Nation. We played 911's Empty Dreams. After that, we played Lala Su's Prototype. And the last song we played was Bak Aeon's Zero Percent. Because a particular politician in Pakistan is not really feeling it, you could say that they're at, you know, zero percent when it comes to this sign about BTS's John Cook celebrating his birthday. But the team has more to say on this one. In the latest for fragile masculinity, all the way in Pakistan, a billboard of BTS's Jungkook was taken down shortly after it was put up to celebrate his 24th birthday on September 1st. So apparently 
a provincial assembly candidate had removed the advertisement after he claimed to have received a lot of complaints from people saying that BTS had a negative influence on the young and encourages them to behave in wrong activities and promote homosexuality. Fans, aka the army, have erupted over the move the hashtag pack BTS army are strong and hashtag Pakistan loves BTS on Twitter. So what do we all think about this? Because I just think some people need to grow up. <laughs> Is it common to do this, like put up billboards for BTS? Yeah, really? Um, in the K-pop community, the, um, people love to celebrate the birthdays of their favorite K-pop artist or idol. Yeah, and so this happens all the time. You'll see it in Korea often, sometimes in America, mm, China yeah. as well. Yeah, I see it a lot when I'm like scrolling on the social medias and it's just like, yeah, it's like on New York billboards. It's like on train stations. It's like a pretty big thing when it comes to like idle birthdays. But this, I've never seen it been taken down for um, reasons like this. Being too gay and too hot. (laughs) I know, right? Like... Clearly, the fact that you've taken it down clearly says something. (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired. I mean, some people have, like, hired vans with the advertisements. Like, you know how they got logos and stuff on cars and stuff? They've got, like, the poster there, and they're just driving around playing the music. I'm like, Uh... why isn't this in Australia? I I don't really see this with American or Western artists, though. Maybe I'm just not in the circles. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just idol culture, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's mm, beautiful. Mm, <laughs> Look, the most that we get in Australia is they'll organize at a tea shop little cup holders with oh, little prints right, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've oh. seen those before. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of funny to see when you're just trying to walk to like get your local like bubble tea, and it's just like <laughs> fans surrounding, exchanging photo cards, and they're like, yeah. "I want this member. Give me this." <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back, like, "I'm one of you, but I don't want to be a part." Of it. <laughs> I just want my bubble tea. (laughs) Actually, this reminds me of an old case. I don't know which country it was in, but I think it was in Europe. And there was a certain church and they had a bunch of statues depicting a lot of biblical figures around the place. But there was this one particular statue of Satan. And, you know, in the lore, he's like a fallen angel, right? But the way he was sculpted in the church made him look very, very hot. And it was, he was actually so hot that a lot of the girls in the congregation got, like, distracted by the <laughs> statue during, you know, mass. So then they're like, oh, yeah, I think we're going to have to take this down. <laughs> this seems to be a very ancient problem. Yeah. <laughs> Just people being too beautiful. Yeah, being too hot, man. Like, yeah. come on, I'm trying to pray here. Like... <laughs> Is it a crime to be hot? This <laughs> <laughs> might be. <laughs> Uh, that would be an interesting story right like if you're too beautiful like hunger game style you know oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like everyone's trying to hunt you down you know they're trying to take blood samples from you oh yeah it's just like no one in this world can be beautiful wow yeah. investors you <laughs> should, your next manga jb <laughs> oh hell yeah <laughs> oh dude why not let's go copyright it now sounds good great yeah, market copyright it right now <laughs> You are now the investor. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'm not going to ask for the audience's thoughts because we already know what <laughs> this is. So let's just go to a song. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs>
Yo yo yo, this is Asian Pop Nation. We played Ai Chillin's Got Ya. After that, we played Presse's Chun Hai R. And then the last song you heard was MXM Tunes in the Darkness. And funnily enough, MXM Tune is actually the singing voice for the main character in the new Life is Strange True Colors game. So, speaking of being in the darkness and what else likes to lurk in the darkness except ghosts, we're going to jump over to a discussion about Malaysia and some interesting sightings that have been happening in the past year and as of late. I guess in the season now that a lot of us are starting to get vaccinated here in Melbourne, all the way in the Southeast Asia spectrum of the world, in Malaysia in particular, there have been some interesting individuals that have been making news for dressing up. In this case, there's been an individual being dressed up as a pochong while going to a COVID vaccine center in Malaysia. And for you guys to know, pochong is usually like a ghost that usually wears like a white like cloth typically and they're usually seen more in like Muslim burials as a way of like wrapping the body of the dead it's almost I guess you think like mummification with like Egyptian culture and stuff but their legs are usually tied at like the knees and the ankles too they creep me out is all I'm gonna say (laughs) (laughs) but apparently this isn't the first time that the pochong has made a appearance throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Apparently last year in a village in Java, Indonesia, they deployed a a cast, if you will, of pochongs to patrol around the streets as a way of like keeping people indoors and stuff. But unfortunately that didn't work because it kind of just caused more people to come out of their homes just to witness this pochong patrol around the village. So... I guess, what do you guys think of like, it's like dressing up in the case for like during these times with like vaccination centers and stuff like that at the moment. This account is wearing a mask if you're like wearing a shroud <laughs> all over your body. Is that, does that work? <laughs> I think so. I don't, I've seen a lot of videos as well. Like people dressed up as like, like superheroes, but specifically ones which are like mass superheroes, like Spider-Man and stuff going to vaccine centers it's like a like a cute way of like lighting lighting up like the atmosphere and at the same time being hashtag COVID safe <laughs> with wearing masks and stuff but yeah like I personally think maybe not the pochong because it's a ghost and that scares the life out of me but I guess would you guys be down to like dress up maybe like do a little cosplay, if you will, at your <laughs> local vaccine center. Wow, ghost cosplay. Did you have a Kaneki mask, JP? I do, but I, on second thought, I don't want to wear it because it looks like a bondage thing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I look back at it and I went, why did I try to wear this? <laughs> it was cool once, right? It was once. It was cool once. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the thing I'm scared about dressing up as a ghost is like what if you're you know you're going with your ghost patrol there's like an extra person you didn't notice was there oh you know God. you know what i mean no this is survival man you need to think we have a ghost episode already again. oh man yeah. any ghosts that you think would help keep people indoors or like monsters from popular culture it's hard because here in australia we don't have like ghosts 
in the same way Southeast Asia has. I mean,、mm. what scares people here in Australia? Dan Andrews. <laughs> Dan, 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 wow, that's like two different. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you say, Celeste? I said a huntsman spider.、Uh, <laughs> wow, Aaron, what would work for you if you had to be kept indoors? You no ghosts been... that scare you or monsters? Not really, no.、Aaron. Have you ever been kicked by a kangaroo? <laughs> I got hit by、uh, by a deer. Does that count? Ooh, Ooh. maybe. Oh. oh, we don't have deer here. Too、though. strong for us, Aaron. Mm. What are you talking、deer? about? We do have deer. Wait, we do. Yeah. What? It was on the news recently where a deer like wandered into one of the suburbs closer to the city area, and they had to shoot it because. Oh my god! What? <laughs> Whoa! Okay, that's a bit too much. Aaron,、yeah. you just needed to bring Aaron there, and he would have had fun. Hit <laughs> <laughs> me in the stomach, okay? Wow. I mean, Aaron lived to tell the tale. So I was only ten. <laughs> Whoa! I don't know what's worse anymore, the deer or the great emu wars now. <laughs>、yeah. Oh, dude, emus would probably work too. They're pretty like scary, aren't they? They're big. They got two legs. They got big mouths and they can run really fast. Yeah, but they're、dude. also very scared of humans. Like you try and approach it, it'll just run away. Unless、Maybe、they've the... been like fed by a random human, <laughs> they'll start approaching you. Right, right. I don't know, Slenderman. Slenderman.、Oh, no. Slenderman is old news. Yeah, I feel like old news. I feel like that would also bring people to just come outside and be like, "Oh my god, is that Slenderman?" Until you know he he does something and it's like, "No, I do not want to talk to Slenderman." Not that he can really talk to you anyway. No, he doesn't have a mouth.、Uh, you know, you go up and try to take off his mask, and then there's no mask. It's like, oh. <laughs> For some reason, this gives me too much like flashbacks to when like the clown thing was like a thing. Oh like, yeah,、uh, the clown thing. Yeah, that was more like American thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, clowns all coming out, running around the street. That was terrifying. I hate. Yeah, I think I'll be more terrified by that than seeing someone dressed up as a ghost. <laughs> yeah.、Mm-mm. Don't like clowns. One. Yeah, there's a human. There's a very human element to the clown. That's true. Yeah. I think another thing which I will will freak me out is just a wild goat. What's really weird? But I went to Ruby Gorge for a hike, and we just with a friend we saw three random stray goats just walking around, and then they started running towards us, and we bolted in. So yeah, I think <laughs> just stray goats wandering around is a bit freaky because they got huge horns and they got this. <laughs> Planted eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's just、uh, they look like the devils.、So. <laughs> wow!、Uh, so the devil can look both like a hawk, <laughs> hawk guy, <laughs> and a goat. He takes many forms. Watch out! And with that, Leisha. <laughs> I guess whether you prefer a ghost, animals coming in trying to keep you safe indoors. Let us know through Asian Palm Nation on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Asian Palm Nation. We played Ren Jialun's As One. After that, we played Lee Hee featuring Yoon Murae, Red Lipstick, and the last song you heard was La Lisa from, of course, Blackpink's Lisa, her solo debut. But unfortunately, some controversy has been stirring in China relating to K-pop fan accounts from not only. Blackpink, but also BTS and some other K-pop groups. So we are here to talk more about this juicy goss. Now, going to China, 
I feel like we talked a lot about China last week, but China has some more news. Keeps it's coming disappointing back. news. <laughs> <laughs> Something related to to a subject I think a lot of us are quite interested in. <laughs> is idols the, the topic is idols and china is actually telling broadcasters to ban idols and actors who do not follow their macho man stereotypes so apparently the ban includes men who wear makeup but there still isn't like a clear guideline as to what determines a man for being effeminate which is what they're trying to ban and macho so yeah that's like one th- aspect that has been stirring some controversy but it's not news considering that China has been sort of trying to ban stars from flaunting their wealth or gossiping about entertainment industry or featuring programs with celebrities children and social media influencers kind of in their eyes being considered vulgar so i don't know what does everyone think about <laughs> this switch to sort of banning i think people need to stop with this idea of this macho man whatever the hell that is because it's just so wrong mm-hmm. it like leads to just bad ideas of what a man is meant to be and people who are so fragile <laughs> as we mentioned before yeah it's really like toxic honestly oh don't <laughs> like it at all like if a guy wants to wear a skirt let them do that. Um, in Scotland, they wear a kilt. That's a skirt. They're not any less of a man. They no clearly wear either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a power move. Yeah. <laughs> but how about JP Aaron? What do you think? Do you think this is a problem? Do you think it's like as the men in this room? Yeah, <laughs> well, I, mean, I think it's it's a little odd. Like masculinity the definition is expanding, and I think it's important to give room. To that sort of thing. So even like, you know, guys, they can be pretty. Let them be pretty. Mm. You know, good looking. Maybe the officials just get hot and bothered. Maybe they're the ones that are uncomfortable with it. You know, maybe it's like, I think some therapy is needed here. <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah, I think especially idols, if they're able to wear stage makeup and be confident in that, then they're more of a man to me than someone who goes, ew, they look like a girl. You know, typically, or like historically, even archetypically, right? Masculinity, it's usually uh, characterized as like, you know, venturing into the unknown, right? You Mm -hmm. know, heroes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, isn't this a sort of adventure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like a confidence, right? Or courage to be. Sort of thing. Yeah, you know, if you're a guy and you're comfortable with like joking about being gay or even if you are gay right or like even being effeminate right that makes you a lot more of a man if you're uncomfortable about it then there are things in the closet you need to address yeah it's literally what celeste said (laughs) but but with a lot more closet analogies yeah yeah Yeah. more closet analogies yeah what about you aaron what do you think that's honestly i don't think i can add on to anything like because i think what they said is basically just cover what it was going in my head while I'm trying to say. Beautiful, because there's more that China has gotten up to here. Oh, love it even So it's about a month before another BTS member, <laughs> Park Jimin's 26th birthday. You know, there's a lot of birthdays happening around this time. So his Chinese fans pulled together some money to plaster his photos on the exterior of a plane. And 
also a declaration of their eternal love to Jimin. So the pictures of the airplane actually became quite popular on Weibo, a Chinese micro-blogging platform. And so the platform took notice and accused a fan account of fundraising illegally and has banned the page for posting anything for 60 days. And hours later, the platform also suspended 21 other fan accounts because they were, I think, complaining about the ban. And then also these fan accounts worship other BTS members, Blackpink, EXO. So what does everyone think? Beijing says it's sort of trying to rein in fan clubs because they're concerned that this worshipping of celebrities is poisoning the country's youths. <laughs> and to then, some degree. What's wrong with, like, just expressing <laughs> your love, love for an idol's birthday? Because it's just like, yeah, we're celebrating something we love together and there's nothing bad about it because I've seen BTS armies also raise funds for Black Lives Matter. They matched $1 million in donations. Mm-hmm. They also raised funds to plant more trees, and I can't remember where exactly that was, but they raised funds for good causes. This isn't just the only thing that they do. And to focus only on the birthday celebrations and calling it illegal fundraising, like, how is that illegal? People are just putting in whatever money they can because they love and support these idols and also they're part of a community that loves them back. What is even considered illegal fundraising? Because doesn't fundraising yes. mean that you give the money willingly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, in my head, I'm like trying to crack that right now. I'm like, huh? <laughs> because I am also very much into like idol, not worshipping, but I do enjoy like, idols and taking part in like certain idol fan stuff as well i'm probably more in like the same boat as celeste as well and i don't know to me it's just kind of like mindless like it's a little harmless they're just putting little photos of him in like a plane and stuff this is just so bizarre to me it's very much giving me like you know, like they're definitely doing, trying millions of options in order to get these idols off the market. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like, yeah, it's interesting to see, of course, like the methods and stuff they're trying to do, but it's kind of like, I don't know, it's causing a lot of harm in a way. I don't know, it's just not. Yeah, I'm interested to know what they want young people to put their minds to. Is it just studying? Is studying? That sort of- <laughs> No, it's that reminds me kind of like of the segment we talked last time with like China banning like games and stuff, and that kind of whole mindset of like putting kids more like into focusing back to school and only school and all your other interests out of that gone (laughs) poof, vanish, get that out of here. And I don't know, it's just it's really slowly like kind of creating this bit of like a toxic mindset of like the study grind, I guess, mm. and and just the hustle culture of just keep working and working and working and you're not going to... I gonna, feel like it's yeah. just an erasure of arts, culture, and entertainment. Because mm. we were also talking a couple of weeks ago about the way China, I like these shows of trying to break through China's anti-LGBTQI laws by doing historical dramas. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to sort of see like they're promoting some versions of art and culture, but then like little things are kind of slipping through that they don't want. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if they're trying to get like 
the whole K-pop stuff off the market, they're going about it the wrong way. I think they're just fanning the fire more. Like, yeah. like suppression. So you cannot repress or suppress anything at all. Like in every aspect of life. Like as soon as you try it, there's always a bounce back of some sort. And you see these BTS fans, they're crazy. They're posting photos on planes. <laughs> How? Wait, how did they do that? Like, were they allowed? <laughs> did they climb onto the plane? And, no, like, sorry. No, army everywhere. <laughs> There's an arm in your house anywhere. You, you turn, you turn there, left, right, up, down, they're there. Everywhere, you have to keep the pace, you know? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You can't get rid of them. You just drive them more underground. It means they become more, like, undetectable. See, that's like, China. You're going about it the wrong way, China. Look, if K-pop can hit North Korea, it's going to make it to China, regardless of what you yeah, do. Yeah, regardless. You can't. Not this way, China. <laughs> Bad China. Not this way. There are other ways. There are other ways. <laughs> Aaron, crazy. any thoughts? The only thing that can come to my mind is that they should reduce, like, say, probably get rid of, like, a lot of rules, really, about the LGBTQIT and all that stuff. They should, but they weren't. <laughs> Yeah, I know. China. Just, they're going over the top really for them. That's all. Yeah, it's just interesting to think how like all of this came from like a Korean music genre. K-pop <laughs> <laughs> is so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> then that's your problem if you're not in it. So yeah. <laughs> well, if you believe in the power of K-pop, you can let us know. <laughs> Asian Pop Nation social media pages. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can just keep listening because I'm sure we're going to be playing some more K-pop songs after this. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is Asian Pop Nation. We played Warstorm by Xia Bingqi. After that, we played Alfred Kui's Ju Tian Changde. And the last song you heard was Hyun A and Dawn the first K-pop couple to debut together, actually, in their song Ping Pong, because just as we talked a little bit about Dylan Sprouse going over to China to star in a C-drama film, now we've got a K-drama star going over to Hollywood to star in a Hollywood blockbuster. So, want to hear more? I don't know if you noticed, but the greatest actor of all time is from Korea. <laughs> the greatest? Not the greatest, sorry. But, Aww. like, I love him nonetheless. It's Park So Jun. His agency has officially announced that he will be starring in the upcoming sequel to Captain Marvel. Oh. Ooh. What? Now, I don't know if I've seen Captain Marvel. I also didn't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I will watch the sequel regardless of if I've watched the first one or not. <laughs> so you're not oh, even going to watch the first one? You're just going to watch the sequel? It's for Park. I'm here for Park So Jun, okay? Like, <laughs> so yeah, he's now the third Korean actor to star in a Marvel movie following Claudia Kim, who appeared in The Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ma Dong Sok, who is appearing in J- Just the Turtles. No, it's that. Oh, it's called it. It's the Turtles. Cool, I got confused. <laughs> is there anyone else, Celeste, that you wish you'd saw more in the Western series? Or are you just kind of happy to have them in Korea in starring in K dramas? Um, so happy to see um, more Korean Americans mm-hmm. like cross between Western or like Hollywood movies and as well as acting in Korean stuff. That would be cool. Mm. And I just want to see them speak English. It's just <laughs> I'm so fascinated Aww. watching people speak English, even though like I've seen them speak Korean the whole time. It's just like, whoa. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not too familiar with like the K drama scene and stuff, but I'm just curious if you think. Park So Jun 
I guess the acting and stuff you've seen and his works that he's done before, do you think he will fit into in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? If you will. I don't know. I don't even know what character he's playing. That's the thing. I don't think yeah. they've announced it. Nah. Yeah. But like, has has he done anything that's in like, I guess Marvel's like in supernatural realm theme? Yeah. Has he been a um, superhero before? Yeah. Has he been a superhero? <laughs> he's done um, miscellaneous roles. He's um, been in Parasite as well as a minor role. He's acted as an ex convict. Um, Mm. As well as the CEO. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I reckon it's like what happened to Secretary Kim. That- yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's going to be much of a difference between like acting for Korean films and then acting for American films. But I do know another actor who's Korean as well. He's acted in G.I. Joe. He's also in Mr. Sunshine, which is a K drama. And yeah, it's fascinating to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he'd do such a good job that he'll stay in Hollywood? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I just want to see his face everywhere, okay? Like, more of this, less of the rest. Like, scarlet your hands and please, no. <laughs> Isn't uh, she the Asian representation we all love? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, Ghost in the Shell. God. We don't talk about that movie. but jp aaron any actors or actresses from korea japan from asia that you've seen Mm. and you're like whoa maybe they should be in a hollywood movie i don't know because all i watch is anime (laughs) any anime characters anime character in marvel (laughs) no that would be dumb (laughs) did you say something aaron but i think it would be interesting let's get more actors from everywhere else in get other actors like we all just, just crisscross like cross. just yeah. crisscross that's it dylan sprouse going to china yeah, yeah. You know? get everyone on with that get know? everyone everywhere yeah we are reaching a cultural singularity and i'm all for it let's accelerate it even I'm further gonna, yeah i want to see like ryan gosling in like a filipino drama yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, B movie, and you know, he, there's like sparkles everywhere, and it's Ryan Gosling. Oh. <laughs> oh, just imagine if it's a K drama, and then there's like the girl falls, and then it's Ryan Gosling, and it's like her falling from three different angles. And stuff oh, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> but I think that might be what ha- is happening, right? Like over time, it'll just be over all these different film industries. You're not yes. really bound to. Mm particular like ethnicity or culture in one yeah. film industry. I'm looking forward to that. The yeah, the, I know. The yeah. day that comes, I'm hyped. <laughs> you know, like in foreign shows like Japan, China, uh, Korea, all that stuff, they have like smooth camera movements and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we don't get that. We don't. <laughs> like because we don't have that away. technology. <laughs> We're... Yeah, we don't have the tracks to smoothly go. We don't have stable... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> stable internet, <laughs> Care overseas and here in Australia. Yeah, our media is undeveloped. It's not refined. Just- <laughs> <laughs> and that's what annoys me is that, like, early in the year when all of these Hollywood blockbusters were getting filmed in Australia, like Shang Chi was partially filmed in Australia and yeah, Sydney. <laughs> But then, like, why is it our movie industry in Australia that like, good, or even like our TV industry? Anyway, that's oh. a complaint for another day. <laughs> Maybe we should do the thing where we also get like Korean like K drama actors into Australian movies. Oh yes, I love <laughs> it. Bam, done, yeah. complete. Uh-huh. 
But why <laughs> entertainment industry so bad? Underfunding. <laughs> we should have a K drama set in Australia. Yes, I will direct that. I'm so ready. <laughs> Actually, that could work. You know, as like exchange students. Whoa, go oh to Australia. Oh. And then what? There's an Australian guy that speaks Korean. <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? <laughs> well, because I'm going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what your thoughts are about this. Was it cross-pollination of people <laughs> going to different films? And yeah, just message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. You're tuning in to Asian Pop Nation. We played Someone Like You by Boy Graduate. After that, we played Joey Flizzo's Hilera and Bunga's Can I Check? And the last one you heard was Dylan Tai's Narrative because we here love anime as a Japanese form of animated narrative storytelling. So we're going to talk a little bit about some much-anticipated work from a favourite former Kyoto Ani director right now. Anime! Do people here like anime? Just double-checking, you know, Asian Pop Nation. Serious question. Answer me. <laughs> no, I hate anime so much. <laughs> what is anime? Is it anime? No. anime. Yeah. Yeah. Japanese Can- cartoon? Okay, I'm going to have to explain this Chinese to you, cartoons, no? It's Chinese <laughs> cartoons. Chinese cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, reason I'm mentioning anime is because I found a really interesting show while I was scrolling through Twitter. It's going to be produced by Science Saru. So these are the guys behind things like Devilman Crybaby. And I believe maybe not Science Saru, but the director, the guy who made Science Saru, he also did Tatami Galaxy as well. So it's a very big name and they are releasing a new TV show based on a popular Japanese novel called The Heike Story or in Japanese Heike Monogatari. And the story follows as such. It's basically about the rise and fall of the Taira clan during the Genpei War in which there's basically big national civil war between two families. It's going to be pretty sick. And the anime centers on the perspective of Biwa, who is a blind traveling minstrel or a musical entertainer. She basically, the whole gist with her is that she can see ghosts and she goes to, I'm not sure which family in the story, but she goes to a family to warn them of their fall. And that's basically where the story centers around. Like, how does the family deal with this? How did the ghosts get involved with this? I'm not really sure yet because we don't know much of it. But this story is actually based on a very, very old folktale going by the same name, Heike Monogatari. And some more contextual stuff as well. This show will be directed by Naoko Yamada, who was formerly a very, very big director in Kiwani, who did works such as Keon, Silent Voice, and Tamako Market. So she was in charge of those three series. So this is going to be exciting to see. But Having a look at this show, I noticed that we don't really get too many anime about old folktales in general, or too many animations about old folktales. The most I can think of in Japan, at least, is Princess Kaguya. Yeah. Princess Kaguya. But beyond that, outside of Japan, we had Tresse, the Filipino show that was mostly about, you know, the spooky folklore. And so I'm going to pose this question to you guys. Is there a specific folktale that you would want seen as an anime or like as an animated show? Just for fun. Beach Boy? <laughs> Beach Boy? What's that about? What's oh that? my god, have you never heard of that? Beach <laughs> what is that? What's that? It's a That's... Japanese story about a boy that comes out of a beach. <laughs> a rock band? Oh no. How did that happen? Yeah. What? 
<laughs> Please, context. Please. It's, uh, Wait, um, the rock band? No, it's a little Japanese story. Sorry, I'm just looking it up now. I did, we studied it back when I was in high school. We had to like make our own little booklet on the whole story of mm-hmm. Peach Boy. So it's aka Momotaro. Oh. Um, oh. That sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. Listen, when you said Beach Boy, I thought this was like some weird home and away <laughs> sort of thing. But no, it's like an actual. It's like a the fruit peach. <laughs> oh. Oh, they said beach. Oh, oh no. Okay. Like <laughs> as in, you know, ocean, beach, you know, beach. fun and the same. I get it. Okay. Wow. It was like, I just imagine his head popping up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, is it coming up from the ocean or the sand? What? No, the fruit peach. So okay. it's about this like childless woman who discover a peach, and as they go to eat this peach, um, out pops this baby. <laughs> what the? It's kind of like the sound of Kaguya, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I'm very limited in my knowledge of Japanese like folk tales, but I'd really want something like a modern retelling of the Tanabata story. Oh. Yeah. Tell us um, about that for people that don't know it. So it's about this guy who's a cowherd <laughs> and okay. this girl who weaves like these fabrics and she's the daughter of the emperor in heaven. And she falls in love with the cowherder, but they're so infatuated with each other that they kind of neglect their work. Oh. So the emperor gets upset at her and him. And he says that they can't meet at all throughout the year except on one day, on the 7th of July. So then they have to wait on that day to meet again. But if it's cloudy, they can't (laughs) meet because technically they're like represented by stars. And if it's cloudy, then they can't cross the bridge, which I think is like the Milky Way to see each other. And that's kind of how Tanabata sort of starts, where you write your wishes on bamboo and you hope that it comes true, just like you hope that those two can meet. Yeah, I just think it'd be a fun. This would be such a sappy romance. Of course, that's why I I love love it. it. (laughs) But I feel like it would be a bit boring as like a historical. I think it'd be interesting with like a modern update. Oh, Yes. K-drama when? (laughs) K-drama when? More like, is it there already a K-drama that's kind of like the story? Oh. <laughs> you know, overbearing father says, no, you can't meet with this guy. He's bad for you. Yeah, anyway. Wow. <laughs> oh, interesting. Lisha, do you have any folk stories you'd want adapted? You know, it doesn't even have to be Japanese. Oh, it could be any. Oh, no. I'm so uncultured in, like, folklore. <laughs> like, I am so bad. While you guys were talking, I was like, the only thing I can think about is freaking what, like, Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> or like or like Frog Prince or something or like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's like those. Like I can only think about those, which are just like kid stories. Wow. But Actually, in an this, anime. In an, in an anime. anime. Yeah, you got it's anime. Jack has to fight all these like beanstalk characters. <laughs> I don't know. While he's trying to climb up to the top. Because it's anime, it's robots, and they're like, yeah, they're. <laughs> oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> hey, investors, <laughs> investors, very listen. You know, on the topic of like more Western folktales, I'd love to see an adaptation of a uh, King Arthur and the Holy Grail. And I don't mean like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's a silly movie. I mean like an actual serious. Like, do you guys know what the story's about? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically King Arthur. He's got a bunch of knights. Go look for the Holy Grail. And each night they go into the part of the forest that looks darkest to them. 
So imagine like an episodic thing where they cover each night going into, I don't know, for the Holy Grail. It's like, I think that would be cool. It sounds like I haven't even seen it made in Abyss. Kind of. <laughs> Without all the gore. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Aaron, do you have any folk tales you'd want adapted? I honestly got nothing. I can't think of anything from the top of my mind. That's it. Mm. Yeah. We should be taught more about folk tales, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I only know ones which have, like, they've already been adapted into, like, movies and stuff. Like big and Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah, Disney ones. Yeah, Cinderella and Snow White, all that but stuff. But that's, yeah. like, the vanilla side of what the actual folk tale is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. Like, like, those folk tales are hella scary. If you have any ideas on any folk tales you want adapted, uh, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Investors, you better be listening on this because I want these things adapted. Mm. Yeah. Yay, nay. Yay or nay. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye-bye. This is Asian Pop Nation. We played The Rampage from Exile Tribes and Moon and Back. After that, we played Fairy Blues, Call My Name, and the last song you heard was Tendre and Syrups endless because something that seems to be going on forever is tonight's show but don't worry we're at our last discussion and our last discussion always tends to be the weekly tanka so those unfamiliar with what a tanka is it is a form of japanese song or verse with a syllable pattern of five seven five seven seven syllables so we're going to try and summarize our week and our discussions from tonight's show in a tanka here goes nothing michelin star gone Company pays cash to sleep. Birthday sign goes down. Malay ghost hops for vaccine. China bans non-macho men. So what did you think? If you want to tell us a little bit about what your week has been like in the form of a tanka, we'd love to know. Just hit us up on our social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you don't like sharing your life through poetry that's okay you can just run into another song break just like we are about to do with a song by luminous cold run keep here in asian pop nation for our last leg of tonight's show this is asian pop nation we played run by luminous and the last song you just heard was beautiful girl by yep may yep and you've reached the end of our show here tonight on APN. Thanks for tuning in for the whole leg from 8 till 11 tonight. We hope you liked the discussions from tonight's show. But if you did unfortunately miss out on any, you can always find us on our Asian Pop Nation podcast, wherever you stream your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. You can also hit us up on our social media pages to let us know what you thought of the show, if you've got any tips for us on who to interview and who you'd like to hear on the show, or if you'd like to be part of the show, you can let us know on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. And next week, we're going to be taking a break from our usual conversations, but we've got music playing from all around Asia for three hours straight. You'll still hear me, of course, but you won't hear the rest of our team, Aaron, Celeste, JP, and Leisha, like you did tonight. But a sincere thanks for tuning in. And we're going to leave you with a song by Atiz called Eternal Sunshine, because that's kind of what it's like here on APN. And we hope you feel that eternal sunshine as well. And hopefully it brightens your night and your day. So keep it here in Asian Pop Nation. This is Atiz's Eternal Sunshine. And afterwards, Boy Life's Blush. And on behalf of the Asian Pop Nation team, this is Senya signing off. Mm-hmm.